Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, hey, real quick, before you sit down, I have the honor and the privilege to introduce our uh, pastor, our speaker for today, Pastor Dustin and Allie. They are actually in Texas at a wedding. He's performing, officiating this weekend. And so today with us, we have someone who is our, a super special guest. He's a pastor to our pastor. Uh, he is a great man of God. He can bring the word like no other man. And um, we're super excited to have him this morning. We're continuing in our Holy Spirit series that we started last week. And he's got a great message for us. I know you're super excited about it. Um, so let's give it up. Let's give a Purpose Church welcome to Pastor Joel Colley. Come on, let's give Jesus even a bigger hand clap of praise. Thank you guys so, so much. You can be seated. And uh, man, what an honor it is to be here with you today here at Purpose Church in Murray, Kentucky. And um, uh, if you don't know, I am the lead pastor of Relevant Church in good old Paducah. Come on, somebody. And uh, anybody from the quilting capital of the world, where my quilters at? Yes. I never get a good response when I go travel different places. But, hey, uh, it's actually pretty cool. If you've never been to the quilt museum, it's pretty phenomenal. And uh, so just a little tag there. That has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit series, but I just want to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> but, man, for my wife, Mandy, and our three uh, beautiful I say kids, I got one graduating Friday. And uh, then going off to Highlands College in Birmingham in August. And then I got a 16-year-old daughter that uh, I may need bail money for these little punk boys running around. Come on, somebody. And I have an 11-year-old little girl and my wife, Mandy. And uh, so, man, we send, uh, they send their love. They hate they couldn't be with you today. But they're holding down the fort uh, already in our first of three services there at Relevant Church and before we dive in, I just want to give honor to your pastors, Dustin and Allie. Can we give them a huge hand? I don't think I've ever met one man who loves his wife. He makes us look bad. And uh, I, we had the privilege to go spend some time with one of our pastors, Pastor Greg Surratt, uh, in Charleston a couple of weeks ago. And if he was not talking about Allie and those babies, he was talking about y'all. And when I say that he loves you and he, he talks about you, I was like, you need to stop talking about them in purpose. I'm tired of hearing about them. Let's talk about basketball or fishing or something. But when I say that he sleeps and eats and breathes purpose church, and uh, you guys have very something, have something special and very amazing with Dustin and Allie. And, of course, those four precious babies. Y'all let them sleep when they can. Give that man a raise. Come on with them four babies. And uh, so, but we love them. And I just want to say I am so honored to be here today. Uh, you guys could have picked anybody, but you chose to pick me to come and share 
my heart with you, and we're going to flow right into this Holy Spirit series. I love preaching on this topic. It's something that I was born and raised in. If you don't know, I was born uh, and raised in Assembly of God Church. We were an old school country Pentecostal. And uh, just surveying the room a little bit, how many, do we have any Pentecostal people in the room? Anybody at all? One person. Come on. Where two or three are gathered, that's all we need. Where are my Baptist folks at? Come on. Hey, y'all raising y'all's hand. I'm proud of y'all. Come on. Uh, <laughs> where are my Methodist, any Methodist people in the room? That's right. That's right. Presbyterian. Any Catholics in the room? Amen. Come on. How many of you don't know what you are? You just love Jesus? That's what I'm talking about. And uh, i just like to know who I'm talking to. And, uh, and when it comes to this Holy Spirit series, Pastor Dustin and I, we were talking back and forth. And, and he, he, he really did me dirty with the big illustration and the dry ice last week. And so I didn't bring dry ice. I brought snakes. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's for second service, y'all. <laughs> and uh, but I just want to share with my heart and and and, and kind of man, because there's a lot of there's a lot of preconceived notions and a lot of ideas when it comes concerning the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was a part of the crowd that packaged it really wrong. And when when we talk about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and when we talk about spiritual gifts. And all of those things, a lot of people give me the look that some of you are giving. Uh, you're like, okay, where are we going with this? Because you can like, what are you talking about? And, and some of these things, and like this is going to get weird. But I just want to let you know, growing up in the Pentecostal church, those people are weird anyway. They're weird at Walmart. They're weird at the Cracker Barrel. They would be weird anyway. And I just want to maybe debunk some of the myths and maybe present it in a way that you've never seen it before, just like Pastor Dustin started last week, uh, because it is a beautiful, precious thing that the enemy has robbed the church of to where he will make us believe that we can live life in a way that we think is what God wants, but it's powerless. Because Jesus says when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll give you power to be witnesses. And that's just an example of who he is. And so I want to give you something that's going to give you power. I want to put like a, a rocket engine on your scooter today. And so you can go through life and not just barely getting by, but I believe your purpose is to live a life exceedingly abundantly above all that God could ask, that, that you could ask or think. And so we're going to dive into the book of Acts, chapter 19. And uh, the book of Acts, if you don't know, is the historical record of the first church. It's where the Holy Spirit was introduced. And the Bible says in Acts, chapter 19, verse 1, it says, When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, what you talking about, Willis? Like, they have not heard of this Holy Spirit. They believed in Jesus. They confessed their, their faith into their Savior, but they had not heard of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and I get this question a lot as a pastor and, uh, and, 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 and I love answering it 
uh, because Pastor Dustin started last week that the Holy Spirit is God. And when we, when we continue this series and go through the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of different things that we ask. Is the Holy Spirit this? Is the Holy Spirit that? And I want to kind of address the question, is the Holy Spirit charismatic? Y'all heard that word? How many of y'all have intentionally stayed away from charismatic people? <laughs> charismatic churches. Me too. Like I still go home sometimes to my home church to force like assembly of God and I'm giving disclaimers to my church that, hey, listen, if this happens, it's okay. They are okay. <laughs> it's not a stroke. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they're going to be all right. And some of this, like, is it charismatic? And we'll, we'll stray away from those words because they've got these preconceived notions. Or, or you, look at, you look at these words with these different images and visualizations and different things like that. And just to kind of overall answer the question, is he charismatic? We're all charismatic. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm charismatic. Now look at your second choice and say, you're charismatic. Because charismatic in the Greek, in the root, just means a gift given by his grace. It's a grace gift. And so if you're gifted in anything, then you're charismatic. And that's basically what it is, that the Holy Spirit is charismatic because the Holy Spirit is a gift from God that wants to give you gifts so that you can succeed in your everyday life. You can have the Holy Spirit and still go to Walmart and be normal. You can have the Holy Spirit and still perform your duties as a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a construction worker, as a salesman, as whatever it is, it, it does not give you the ability to have this stigma on you to where, okay, I have the Holy Spirit, so now I've got to be one of those religious weird people. I hate that the enemy has made us believe these lies and has strayed us away from something so precious that Jesus said, it's better if I leave so the Holy Spirit can come. And the devil has led us to believe, and a lot of us wonder, why do we struggle with the same things over and over and over? And oh, I just can't get over this hump. I just can't get past this one addiction. I can't get through this divorce. I don't, I don't know what to do with these kids. Come on. How many want to give them back sometimes? I've tried. They won't take them back to Sears or PetSmart. But we all have these gifts. All of us are charismatic. And what I love about our God is that God has gifts for us. And I want to give you just a couple of really quick, and if you're taking notes, you can write these down. If you're not taking notes, ask God to forgive you and still write them down. But let me give you just a couple of gifts that God wants to give you here today. And here's the first and foremost is eternal life. Eternal life. I just want to start there, that that is the best gift that he has ever given humanity. I love what Paul says in Romans 6. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, there was a wage. There, there was a payment. There was a penalty for our sin. And the only way to, to, to pay the debt of sin was death itself. 
And see, hell is not a place where God sends people that he's mad at. Hell is a place where people go to pay for their sins, but they don't have to because Jesus already paid the debt. He already died. This gift is free. So listen, you can't give enough, serve enough, uh, come to church enough. You can't do anything to earn this gift. It is a free gift. It's eternal life. It's forgiveness from sin. All things pass away. All things become new. It is a free, free gift. There's nothing you could ever do to earn it. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 2. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you've been saved. Nothing of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And Paul was emphasizing this, it's not of yourselves, meaning he didn't want you to be able to get any credit for this gift because Jesus paid it all. Nothing attached to it. You didn't have to do anything. The best gift is eternal life. Why are you talking about the free gift so much? Because these next two gifts, there's strings attached. There's the emphasis on eternal life is that it's free. The next two gifts, you have to do something. Meaning that there is an assignment attached with these gifts. Just like they gave me this microphone. But they didn't give it to me with no strings attached. I can't just take it home. There's an assignment attached that if this gift were to be useful, I have to pick it up. And I have to speak into it in order for it to be utilized so that you could hear me, right? And that's what these next two gifts look like. The second gift is the Holy Spirit. The second gift is the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 it says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my, pro my father promised which you have heard me, this is Jesus talking, speak about. For John baptized with water, but just in a few days, I'm going to do a separate work. I'm going to do a separate work from salvation. And you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. How many of you like free things? Right? Some of y'all lie because all of y'all didn't raise y'all's hands. All of us like free stuff. Some of y'all are here today because you got free donuts, you got free coffee, you got free Starbucks cards. I'm going to take about four of them boxes back to my church to say, hey, we need to do this. Where's the card at? I don't know. <laughs> So the question is, why would you not want something from God that's free? And why would you not want something that will empower you to get over the very thing that's in the forefront of your mind that you still got to face tomorrow? Because he says, when you receive this gift, you will be endued with power to be my witness. And I know all of us have this in common. It's difficult to witness about Jesus to our friends, neighbors, loved ones, and coworkers when we still struggle with the very same thing they're struggling. I'm no different than them. How about we get a little bit of power 
and we overcome some of these things. Y'all with me? I can't really see y'all over here. There we go. Ah, I got you. Y'all could get up and leave. I'd never know. With the Holy Spirit comes the third thing, and that is spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are what I like to call a divine enablement to where normally I would not be able to do this thing. It's out of my personality. It's out of my education. You ever said that's out of my pay grade, Pastor? <laughs> it's out of my pay grade. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not equipped to do that. It's where I wouldn't normally be able to do something, but now I have this divine enablement. The bad part is, is there's so much confusion concerning spiritual gifts. And, and, and what's, what I love about it, it was no different in the New Testament than it is now. Like when the Holy Spirit was so active, fresh in the New Testament church, there was still so much confusion. And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want y'all to be ignorant. There's a lot of people saying this stuff. There's a lot of people saying this stuff. But I am here to explain it to you, to let you know what is going on. What I feel like a lot of confusion stems from when it comes to spiritual gifts, that, that there are doctrines out there that I cannot find in this word that will say that spiritual gifts like miracles and healing and faith and all of that ceased when the last disciple died. But if there's anybody, does anybody in here have faith? Has anybody in here ever experienced a miracle? Anybody experienced healing in your body? That proves that it's, it's still existing today. So that's working. Well, did it stop? No, it didn't stop because I'm a miracle. I've experienced the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life. Another part of confusion is People love the gift of faith. Woo, how many of you want more faith? Come on. How many of you want to see more miracles? Yeah. How many of you like want to discern whether a spirit is good or bad? Well, you could. Tongues. <laughs> it's, that, it's that T word. That's, just to get you. No, no, no. Listen, Pentecostal, Assembly of God, that's the minority in my church too. There ain't many of me in my church. But man, that, that T word, ooh, pastor. You got, you got, ooh, come on. But here's the thing don't shy away from one. I believe this book from Genesis to Maps. All the way to Maps. Those maps are important. Do you think God would give you anything that would make you look weird, ugly, bad, that would discredit his name, his power, his authority, his influence in your life and in this world? All of God's gifts are good and beneficial for you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, a spiritual gift is given to who? No, just the pastors. Just us. The talk doth thouest, King James. To everybody. That was God's plan all along. See, in the Old Testament, only spiritual, spiritual gifts were only given to the priest. But in the New Testament, 
Man, when that veil was torn, this presence of God was exposed to the entire planet. And when the Holy Spirit fell, it fell on both the Jews and the Gentiles. And a lot of people were surprised that, the whole, you mean the presence of God is on them? Like them? <laughs> Maybe it's just relevant. Like, <laughs> you ever been shocked sometimes God used people? Like, God, you, you use them? Sometimes I go back, I'm originally from the Alabama Gulf Coast, Mississippi, in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Anybody ever heard of Pascagoula, Mississippi? Come on. I go back home and I ain't seen people in a long time. So what are you doing now? I'm a pastor. Wait, what? You, you, do, you do what? <laughs> like how many people? Like, and, and it's, it's a good, it's, you mean a cult? <laughs> no, it's a life-giving church that... People's lives are being changed. Like, for real, you? So it's given to each of us so that we can, where's that? Is that scripture back up? Can you put that scripture back up there? So that we can what? Help each other. That's the baseline. Not so that you can act weird and run the backs of these chairs or, or people stray away from you because you go, oh, you know, whatever. That's not it at all. The basic foundation of spiritual gifts is so that you can help each other. And that's the assignment that's attached to these gifts. And the enemy wants to distract you to keep you away from stepping into this power so that you barely live life and get by. See, I told my church this when we were talking about the Holy Spirit, that I really believe the devil's not trying to get you to go to hell. What? I don't, I think he understands that all of you came to the first service at Purpose Church. You're pretty much in this thing to win it, right? He's not trying to get you to go worship him and kill a kitten and spread the blood or whatever. He's not trying to get you to go do a, bad stuff to get you to go to hell. He's just trying to get you to live a life to where you barely make it into heaven and you don't take anybody with you. He'll sacrifice you to go to heaven to get 10 of your friends if you're powerless. And I'm trying to expose some of his lies and debunk some of the myths so that you'll receive power that you have never tapped into before in your life. And this is what I love about when the New Testament was birthed. Jesus came and one person was preaching the gospel. One person. One person was preaching the gospel. Was doing all of these miracles. And then when he left, the Holy Spirit came. Now this one man became accessible to every single person on the planet. Everywhere Jesus went, people were healed and set free and, and, and delivered and restored and redeemed and had hope and, and, and their sins were forgiven. But it was only where he went and now through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus don't just stay in this room. But now he'll go all over western Kentucky and, and all over the United States and all over the planet. And, and he's, he's with Dustin in Houston and he'll be back with me in Paducah and he'll be with some of you here in, in Murray. All of this now through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that his presence and power goes forward 
And see, God has put something so special inside of each and every one of you. That's his eternal life. It's kind of like when you're saved, this water is, this bottle is full of water. And that's the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And then just imagine this whole floor is just an ocean of water. When we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's this. It gets dropped in. And now we're apart and we're in tune with the very presence and power of God that gives us the ability to do what he has set out to do. Here's a good definition for spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together, so that together, we can advance his purposes in the world. It's a supernatural ability. So he takes my limitations and he says, I got this. And he continues to move forward. And then together, working together as the body of Christ. Some of us are called to be the hands of Jesus, right? But we're no good unless we're connected to the wrist and the arm, the elbow, and the shoulder. So we've got to be connected together so that we can advance the purposes in this world. So let me explain it to you a little bit. Is that all right? Y'all get anything out of this? How about my, I can't see you crowd over here. All right, y'all with me, good. So let's understand spiritual gifts. First and foremost, this is my part. This is the assignment that I have the responsibility for because Jesus came. He gave us eternal life. Probably most of you in this room have taken that step to receive him as your savior. You've done your part to accept that free gift. So now the next part is I'm going to accept this free gift of the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to go into this first thing. Number one, write this down. Discover the gifts that God has for me. Discover the gifts. I love that we're talking about the next steps class. We do the same thing every single Sunday. We have that spiritual gifts assessment that you can take that kind of hones down a couple, two or three things in your life that you're already naturally good at. And then there are some things that God is going to call you to do that's going to perhaps get you out of your comfort zone. I never wanted to do this. Never. I wasn't the talker. And now, I was the guy in, down there acting crazy. I never wanted to do this. I, was, I don't know if I was really naturally born to do this, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, he gave me the ability to go beyond my own comfort level to do and to fulfill his purposes. Paul said in Romans 12, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. So where do we start when we discover these gifts? Well, you got to look at what you're already naturally prone to do. Like, like these singers. They've probably been singing in the shower for a long time. Now let me give a little disclaimer. Just because you sing in the shower 
I know there's auto-tune, but there ain't deftone tune. Amen. Just because you steering wheel drum, doesn't mean. Y'all know I'm just serious, right? <laughs> but look at what Psalm says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Some of you were designed for certain spiritual gifts. Some of you walk in this room and you see what chairs are straight and what chairs are crooked. Some of you walk in this room and you see that one person that's sitting by themselves and you can't stand it and you go over to them. Hey, how you doing? Some of you walk into this room and you kind of, man, it, it, feels, it feels good. It feels a little... It feels off. It feels on. It feels this. I think I need to pray this way. I think I should pray this way. Some of you, some of you, some of you, like, if you ever got into the kids' room, you would never go back. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's why y'all in here and they in there. Y'all don't want to watch your own kids, much less somebody else's. Come on. But they have a grace to go watch y'all's hoodlums so y'all can come in here and be empowered. Come on. Some of you would panic and faint if they ever handed you a microphone to walk up here. But some of you would love to go right over there at the end of service and wrap your arms around someone who is hurting. You're just naturally designed to do those things. He continues in that verse and he says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. But here's my question. Can some of you really say this last phrase? I know that full well. Do you really know? Do you really know full well how fearfully and wonderfully you're really made? Can you quote that verse and not check, do I really know? Do I, do, do I really understand? My, my buddy John is here. Y'all give John a hand. I met John just a couple of years ago and we got to be pretty close last August. John's not a guy that would come up here and speak in this microphone, but what I did realize is that John had leadership abilities. And so I put John in my parking lot team last year. We added a new member. He was number three. <laughs> my parking lot team went down to two, and we added him. And there's probably, what, 15 people serving today? And they're the first person, they're first people that guest and you guys see when you come to church. He couldn't sing his way out of a wet paper bag. But he can park enough cars to where we have spaces every Sunday and gets people to join the team and makes people feel loved and welcome and warm before they even walk in the doors. Do you know that you're made to do something like that? Do you really know 
He says, all the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. Listen to this. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. How many of you are OCD? Come on, don't just, amen. OCD to the max. You get ridiculed by it. People make fun of you. You can't handle that one little thing just not being straight and just, you know, just every little thing lined up. You know, God designed you that way on purpose. So what, how can I use that? Go out there and stack those donut hole cups. <laughs> Straighten the chairs up. And here's the beautiful thing about it. When you put your natural gifts with the supernatural purpose and why, that we're not just stacking donut holes or chairs, that we're actually changing lives. Because every donut hole represents an opportunity for people to feel warm and welcome and accepted. And if they eat that donut hole and then come in here and sit in this chair, and then they hear the uncompromised word of God and the life-changing message of Jesus, you did your part to save someone from the grips of hell. Because you were just naturally OCD. Is this helping anybody? No snakes. No snakes. No snakes. Here's the second thing that we have to do. Once you discover, then you got to develop the gift that God has given me. You develop it how? By using it. One of the best ways you can develop your spiritual gifts is within the local church. Well, I don't really know. We'll start somewhere. Where do I start? Load in and load out team. That's where you start. They didn't even pay me to say that. I just knew they needed it. You start right there. Then if you don't like it there, then you go to the kids. And if you survive kids, then you get on hospitality. And then if you can straighten donut holes, then you get on the greeter team. Amen. And then if you're technical savvy, then you work there. And then if you audition and you sound like Celine Dion, then we're going to put you on stage. A to the men. I don't know where to start. What time y'all start setting up on Sunday mornings? 5.30 next Sunday morning, be here. If you believe in the word of God. I love that little slide pre-service. It says grab a chair and stack it. after. Y'all don't see that, but second service, they grab the chairs. And I love that. You're not just grabbing a chair. You're, you're, you're working a spiritual gift. Everybody thinks this is the elite. This is not. I could not do this if they were not here at 530. 5.30, the first one in the morning. And I will tell you this, that sometimes gifts will change and gifts will mature. Just start somewhere. Go through next, develop. Where's my clock at? It's too small to see. I can't help it, my bad. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. 
I love this verse where Paul is challenging Timothy. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. See, some of you know some of your gifts and you know you're good at certain things but you're sitting on it because either you're hurt you're tired you're discouraged or you don't think you're needed or even wanted but that is a lie of the enemy if you are tired get some rest be intentional and then jump back on just don't sit but some of you need to hear this word fan that flame of your gifts and do your part. The third thing is, is that you have to use the gifts God has given me. First Peter 4 said, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. The New Testament records about 27 different spiritual gifts. 27. Some of you have the gift of faith that you need to spread it. Some of you are just so good at believing for anything. It drives me crazy sometimes. Do you ever have a bad day? Take it on your nerves. Is that okay to say that, Purpose Church? I can be pretty raw at relevant. Can I be raw at purpose? I'm like, I want y'all to have a bad day sometimes. Y'all just seem so chippery all the time. <laughs> Is that? I'll never get to come back. Dustin's not here. It's okay. I'm just kidding. But some of you have that gift of faith. Man, spread it. Some of you have the gift of mercy. I mean, you just love loving on people. And look at what Paul says in 1 Peter. He says, manage them well. Manage your gifts. That's a daily occurrence. That's a daily checkup. Manage your gifts so that God's generosity, what, what is it about Purpose Church? Generosity is what? Your privilege can flow through you. Why did you, why did you express all this? Why do I need spiritual gifts? Well, first of all, because God wants you to live a powerful life. And the enemy has robbed some of you of that this far you thought just making it to heaven was it don't get me wrong it's pretty important but I would rather march into heaven with a lot of people following me than just barely make it myself here's why because purpose church exists to take me and you you, you want to know why you need spiritual gifts? Does anybody see any empty chairs in this room? Your spiritual gift could be the very key to fill that chair. I think that's the one thing God hates the most about the local church is empty seats. And just think, I could do my part. But Purpose Church exists to take people on a spiritual journey to know God, that's first and foremost. The most important, a personal God coming down to my person in all of my mess 
I'm talking about getting down low to reach me. To save me, to redeem me, to give me hope and a future. It exists for people to know God and then to find freedom. Because how many of you know we have some yesterdays we got to get past? We have some tomorrows that we're fearful of. And then once we're in that process, and I believe that all of us are in that process, that's what crews are for. Man, get and do life together. We're on a little small group break as well, and we're, some of your spiritual gifts would maybe just maybe open you up your home. Some of you love to host people. If you love to cook, I love to eat. Come on. That's one of my spiritual gifts. That and sarcasm, I tell people. <laughs> and then Purpose Church exists for people to discover their purpose. The two best days of your life, the day you were born, the day you just figure out why. And then Purpose Church exists to make a difference. Because the greatest felt need of any human that's been proven in the spiritual, religious, and the secular world by doctors, philosophers, psychologists, is when we do something for someone else and expect nothing in return. If you're like me, sometimes I doubt. Sitting right over there during worship. Okay, God, Dustin crushed it last week. I'm going to need you to help me. I don't I think I can do this. Wait a second, you've done this a lot. You, you can do this. Oh, God. Oh, God. Last time you were here, your wife was with you, and she's a lot better looking. You, can do, you got this. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me of this last point. And this is what you need to understand is that I was made for this. You were made for this. Some of you go to work every single day. And people know that you're a Christian, but they don't really know why. They don't really know how. And I'm not trying to get on you. It's, it's really not your fault. You just, you just have yet to have the power. You've yet to really realize that you were made to go there tomorrow. That God has given you the gifts and the supernatural ability. And he wants you to dive into these gifts because heaven and hell is always at stake. I love coming into a place that without the discovery, the development, and the use of spiritual gifts, we wouldn't be able to sit in this room and experience the life-changing presence of God. But this is just one room that the Holy Spirit is not bound by. He could go to your home, your workplace, anywhere that you go. And I pray that something that was said today would challenge you. That maybe tonight during your devotions before you go to sleep, tomorrow as you're headed to work, God, let me discover, let me develop. The best way to discover is go to that next class here in just a few moments. I don't know where to start. There you go. I don't know when to start, 530 next Sunday. 
But the greatest gift of all, it starts with that eternal life. So let me pray for you. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would have their heart and their minds open to what you're trying to say. So what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? Is he stirring up some gifts? Is he reminding you of just things you're naturally good at, that he wants to put a little bit of stupor on your natural? And maybe some of you are here in this room today, and you're missing the greatest gift of all, and that is that gift of eternal life. I want to give you that opportunity to receive that. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you come down front. But right here where you're sitting with no one looking around, if you say, hey, that's me, I am ready to receive that gift of eternal life. I realize that there's more to live than just this life I'm living. I've tried to manage my own life and I've come up short in so many ways, but today I'm ready to surrender either for the first time or for the most important time. When I count down from three, I just want you to lift your hand so I can know who I can pray for and with. Three, two, one. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? Thank you. Man, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You that lifted your hand, even if you didn't, I want you to say this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, here I am. I give you my life. I've tried to manage it on my own and I've come up short, but I realize today that I need you. And so I confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, that you came, you died, you rose again. And for dying for me, I choose to live for you. And I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for hope. And for the rest in here today, I pray that you would stir up those gifts and so that they can fulfill their purpose. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give Jesus a huge hand clap of praise today? Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.